<laughs> What's up, Internet? Welcome back to the Potscast for episode 23. Potscast After Dark, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> it's the sequel to the most anticipated... Wait. It's the most highly anticipated sequel of all time. That's what I meant to say. Really? Yeah. The fans Even have literally been clamoring for it. Well, I mean, they've they've gone like four weeks for that single episode, so you know, and now we're back to completely ruin the format once again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? Like we thought four weeks was long enough. Pixel be damned. We're here. We're taking over, <laughs> <laughs> and we are answering your prayers and your questions. Uh, if you are, you know, well, you can't listen to this live because the show's not live, but if you were lucky enough to see the tweet that Steve and I threw out before we started recording, uh, you can get your your question answered on the show. We already have a couple that have rolled in. Hopefully, we'll get a few more. Um, Pixel loves to be the great wall for questions on this show, and since he's not here, we figured we're tearing that wall down. But Steve, it's really good to be back, man. Uh, I have been moving. You have been away for business. Pixel's been away making our minute to win it, you know, giveaway challenge, which you can uh, visit in the link down below, lootpots.com slash minute dash two dash two win it. it you get, it's in the link down below. Uh, <laughs> we've been busy boys and we've been away, but it's it's good to be back, man. I've missed you. Yeah, I missed you too. Uh, but your new, your new digs are looking good. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. Live from my new my new studio basement in uh the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Uh it's it's been great, man. I'm loving it so far. It has not left me much time to record this podcast and write any articles. Uh but that is um gladly mostly done. My studio is almost good to go here, so uh I should be you know, everything should be back to normal. But uh what have you been up to these last couple of weeks? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to know what the city of brotherly love means. Where does that come from? I believe it's because phila, phila, like in Philadelphia, I think is like the word for brother or something. And like, that's just, oh, really? that's, that's what the city's called. Uh... Like New York is called the city that never sleeps. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Chicago is the windy city. I know it because of the cheese. And it's good cheese. Of the cream cheese, you mean? Yeah, it's Philadelphia really good cheese. cream cheese. That's, that's that's all I know. Philadelphia. I mean, it's it's, you've it's never the had, cheese. Have you ever heard of the Philly cheesesteak? I've heard of the Philly cheesesteak. Okay. I interviewed I interviewed Greg Lobanov, creator of Wonder Song for Loopots.com. And we were discussing about the Philly cheesesteaks and where, where to go when you're in Philadelphia. So if you want to know, head over to Loopots.com, search for the interview with Greg Lobanov, and you'll find his recommendations for a I'll good Philly cheesesteak. I'll have to go and check it out, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I have been playing, playing a fair bit the last few weeks. I reviewed my time at Porsche for the website. Which you can go check mm-hmm. out right now, loopots.com. You, you can. I gave it four out of five. That's pretty good. Yeah, That's a lot I higher was, than I thought you were going to give it. Well, because we sort of had a discussion yeah. about it, and I was edging more towards a three. Mm-hmm. But the more I got into it, and the more I could put aside some of the performance issues, they also released a patch which alleviated the main performance issue I had, sure. which was ridiculously long loading screens. There's still some, but they're significantly shortened. It was 40 seconds going from any building to outside. Ooh, that's yeah. rough. It was hard to play. And they fixed uh, that up? Yeah, it's down to about 10 seconds, which oh, you can live funny. with. You know, you can you can look on Twitter for 10 seconds, and then before you know it, you're back here. You're back out to where you need to be. But the game's just got so much content in there that it it didn't seem fair. 
based on our review system of the uh, that Pixel came up with of like it's trash, it's all right, and then it goes recommended. I couldn't go with it's all right because I do recommend the game, and if it's the kind of genre you're into, I recommend going and picking it up. Nice. I might have to give it a shot then because I was interested in it until you had kind of like soured me on it a bit. So the fact that you you kind of turned around on it makes me maybe want to give it another look. I've still got some some issues with it. The sound isn't all there. The music's ha- absolutely dreadful. Mm. Um, there's a That's new content. Yeah, the music's really bad. It's like shopping mall music. It's really really bad. I, mean, I guess you could just mute it and watch TV. Yeah, I turned I turned it off, and that's that's what I said in my review. That's pretty much how I ended up playing it. I binged watched the entirety of Breaking Bad, and just played uh, my time at Porsche while that was. No on wonder in the you didn't like it. You were probably so like emotionally like just down. You're like, man, this game's. It's, it's I was bawling got- my eyes out by the last episode. <laughs> just like, get this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've also been playing some Cuphead. Yes, awesome, man. I I downloaded it like just the other day because I, like I said, I moved just recently and um, I didn't have internet for like a solid week because the Verizon guy was just like, we're not going to show up and, you know, the internet providers in America are a biopoly, so what the fuck are you going to do about it? (laughs) I was like, I guess you're right. I won't have anything to do about it. So I just got Cuphead like a day or two ago, um, but I haven't jumped back into it yet. Uh, So what has your experience been with it? I imagine that you've been having a tough time. It's a hard game. Very sure hard game. Sure is. <laughs> and you're, I know it, you're one where you're like, I'm not very good at platformers. And it's like... I'm not very good at games. I'm terrible at video it's, games. It's really hard. <laughs> um, I've done two of the bosses on regular. And I did one of the bosses on simple, but you don't get to capture their soul if you do it on simple mode. So yeah. it's kind of like, meh, not really getting anywhere. You can just progress to the next boss. But my God, is it a beautiful game? And the music is incredible. I can listen so to that good. over and over again. And you do find yourself listening to it over and over again because you play the same boss a million times in order to yep. figure out the patterns. There's like one lick in it that I can hear in my brain. Like cl- whenever I think of Cuphead, I just hear this like horn line. And it's like, it's so, it's so sticky, that soundtrack. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, I've been listening to it outside of playing the game which i think yeah. is when you know it's a really good soundtrack the running gun levels i'm not a massive fan of they're okay they're, they're kind of just like eh, this is just like an afterthought um which i know they were yeah so it kind of explains that uh but the the actual boss levels themselves are just wonderful um really really good game on switch doesn't play very well docked i had some major performance issues of it slowing really? down yeah play it handheld is absolutely perfect i think they are aiming for 1080p when it's docked i think they should probably lower that down to 720 hit that 60 frames a second that they are aiming for i think it's 60 it might be 30 i'm not 100 percent sure but you can visually see the slowdown and because you've got the wireless controller um there's there's input lag as well and you can definitely feel that when you yeah, go you from can. that's un- that's not tenable yeah so I, I recommend playing it handheld. It's it's the way I've been playing it is significantly more fun. Cool. All right. Well, that's how I'll probably play it anyway because that's how I play my Switch like 90% of the time. So yeah, that's fine. Well, b- before I talk about the last game I've been playing, which is totally unrelated to anything. Yeah, because I, I was, wanna... was going to say it's a weird <laughs> one and I'm very yeah, interested yeah. to hear what you have to say here, but... I want to know. I want to know more about how you're getting on in Wargroove. It's been a bit of a saga on how you've been getting on over the last few episodes. I have finally 
beaten Wargroove, you guys. I did it. Yes. You're I'm right. So thank you. I thank you. Give me the applause, the cheers. Yes. Ha. <sighs> it's yeah. Uh I am so happy to be done with that game because like it was getting to a point where I never stopped enjoying playing it, but I was ready to like do like I had to play Shovel Knight to like cleanse my palate a little bit because I was getting so like frustrated with the like the last couple levels. Um but like mm-hmm. finally beating it, I felt like I was like it was like the one of the most triumphant moments of just like, yes, I finally, finally did it. I was uh, I was listening to Kotaku split screen this week, and they were having a discussion as to whether a game that they were playing, and I can't remember what it was, whether they felt obligated to play it or whether they were they were playing it for enjoyment. Still, was it? Did it get to a stage where you just felt like, oh, I'm so far into this game, I'm just I just felt obligated to finish it. I'm not necessarily enjoying this as much anymore, but I I'm I'm saying ninety percent in. I want to make sure I'm at the la- I get the final ten percent. I'm pretty much at that stage with Shenmue two, where I know the final bit is the dullest fucking game you'll ever play. Um, but the rest of it, I I thoroughly enjoyed. So I kind of dropped off there. Is it that kind of situation with Wargroove, or did you enjoy it all the way to the end? I definitely enjoyed it all the way to the end, and I think it is. It got close, like it got up along that line once or twice, which is why like I had to take a break from it and play sh- and play Shovel Knight and just like play something else. But it, I think it's like honestly a testament to its design and its difficulty curve that it never lost me because the game never stopped being rewarding. You know, like it was hard and I was getting frustrated, like banging my head against the wall, not being able to beat the last level. But like, I just sat down and tried it once a night. And when I, if I failed for the night and I wasn't motivated to play anymore, I put it aside, you know, but every time I picked it up again, I was like eager to get back into it, you know? Because it is a really good strategy game. It's a really yeah. good tactical game. And, you know, I love those those sorts of games. And, like, as challenging as it can as it was and could be, uh, I ne- it never stopped being rewarding. Like, I still, like, was really jazzed every time I finally overcame this level that I had been working on. You know, like, if, you know, like, you played it enough to know, like, you can have those those games where you're about to win, you make one mistake, and then you're like, it's over and you, oh, and you can all pinpoint the, the spot and... where where you it all fell down as well and like yeah. the the enemy just comes swarming in from all yeah. angles and it was definitely always a thing where like excluding one or two missions i never felt like the game was unfair i felt like i just messed up you know so like it was like okay yeah like that was my bad i want to do it again yeah. i want to beat it did, so you played it on the base difficulty, you didn't adjust it at all? No. No, I never turned it down. I kept it at as as uh as intended, as Chucklefish intended. Okay. And I, you know, I didn't do great. I didn't have a, a ton of three stars. There's definitely a few, mostly twos and ones. So, like, I'm definitely not going to go back and rebeat it and get a perfect score. But, like, I'm proud of myself for finally finishing it and uh yeah. it was a great ride i love the game a lot if you've been on the fence about it i think the fact that i've talked about it as long as i have and it held my attention as long as it did speaks volumes about how how good it is i dropped off long ago it was too difficult for me and uh, it was before they added the like difficulty stuff in. i think i was playing but they, yeah. they've definitely i might go back and play it on easier like I don't know. Where does it rank on like? Because you seem to play quite a lot of difficult games. Celeste was challenging. 
You're playing Cuphead, yes. and that's a challenge. Yep. Do you get like a lot of enjoyment out of just playing specifically hard games? If they're good. Okay. You know, because like, I, and, and right, like good is so in the eye of the beholder. Like I am not a fan of Dark Souls and a lot of people like it because it's hard. Yeah. I don't like games specifically because they're hard, but a really well, well-made game that has good hooks and is challenging um, is really rewarding for me because I, as much as I love a game that's just like a power fantasy, you know, like so many story-driven games just like make you feel like mm-hmm. a badass, even if what you're doing isn't very hard. And like that has merit to it. That is absolutely how my boyfriend plays every single game. And I like watch him when he sets the game up, plays it on easy. And he's just yeah. like, yeah, cause I like feeling like I'm invincible, like I'm a, like I'm a hero. Yeah. And I'm just like, to me, that's not the way I enjoy games. I always play it on normal or hard, usually hard when it's like a shooter. But, um, I don't know. And, uh, he found Breath of the Wild very difficult with the, the way right like that beginning section where they uh-huh. first throw everything at you and there's like you've got you're fighting off bokoblins and all those big enemies with like your weapons constantly fucking breaking because you've got like crap durability weapons yeah. he just gave up with it he was just like no this isn't for me if this is how difficult the game's gonna be i'm not gonna persist with this that, i mean you know like that's totally fine like there's a lot of people who are like really shitty about easy mode or whatever like I'm not that person. I'm not a, like a gatekeeper, you know, like if that's how you enjoy, mm. like video games are to be enjoyed. The so point you, of you, you don't food. feel like you cheated yourself. No, I, <laughs> I don't play that way though, is the thing. Yeah, you know? I know. Like I wouldn't do that. You know, like you said, I tend to like to play games that are challenging. Yeah. Um, because I like to like test my metal, you know, like I like to like have a challenge presented in front of me and be like, fuck, how am I going to do this? And then it, like insane. achieve it, you know? In, say, a story-driven game, though, do you usually tend to not bother to change the difficulty? Like, say you're playing, I don't know, uh, a Naughty Dog game. I, I would play on normal mode. Okay. You wouldn't, like, bump that up to hard or... Not not usually. Like, there was a time where, when I was younger, I used to beat every game on hard because, you know, I wanted the most challenging experience yeah. and I wanted to be like, oh, I beat it on hard or whatever. Like, when I was a trophy hunter for a little while on PS4... Um, or more, I guess on Xbox, even more like when I was an achievement hunter on Xbox 360, uh, I used to play on hard mode because it would be like, well, if I beat it on hard mode, I'll unlock all the other trophies yeah, yeah. for the other modes or the achievements for the other modes. So I'll do, do it for that reason. So it's like, I, I definitely have dabbled with that, but as I've gotten older and like my times become more precious to me. Uh, I don't have anything to prove to anybody, you know, like I don't play hard games to be like, oh, I'm so good at video games. Like I'm not an esports guy. I'm not like a competitive gamer. Like that's not my shtick, like in the video game world, you know? So like, I just like want to play a game and enjoy it. Yeah. So like, to me, I want to play on whatever the like default difficulty is. Cause that's the intended difficulty, right? Like if, if this is what they say it was supposed to be, cool and there are some games where like i've kicked its ass so hard that i'll turn up the difficulty like i did that with um horizon like halfway through the game because i was like i did everything in that game so i was way over leveled and i was like all right let's crank up the difficulty because i'm just fucking wrecking house now yeah you know um and i wanted more of a challenge the the only game in recent memory i've put the difficulty up a lot is diablo 3 i'm on the, i think i'm on torment level three of like five Right. So it goes like easy, normal, hard, 
Torment, then Torment level 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And really, it's just pointless. Because <laughs> the suit, yeah. It's just the next thing, you know? It's like, when I beat Shovel Knight for the first time, I, I beat it on New Game Plus to, like, prove that I was like, oh, I'm so good at this, I'm going <laughs> to beat it, and, like, whatever. Like, I love this game. But now when I go back and play that game, I don't play it on New Game Plus, I just play the game, you know? It's like... Yeah, because you've already, you've already proved that to yourself. You know, I just yeah. want to go back and enjoy it. Right. Okay. So it's it. like if if I if someone went in, say someone who's never played Shovel Knight before me, uh, went in and wanted to start that game from scratch, would you recommend they start with New Game Plus or just go in at New oh, Game? No. I mean, you can even like you have to beat the game before you oh, can okay. play on okay. on hard mode, basically. Um, but no, yeah, because that's not the way it was designed, right? Like the hard mode, the plus, whatever. Like to me. Unless you're achievement hunting or, like, you're maybe, like, when I was younger and I didn't have that much money and I wanted to stretch out and experience, like, all those kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason to play a game on hard unless you want to or unless you're so good at video games that you're just fucking too good to play on normal. Which is, like, if that's, again, if that's your bag, like, do whatever, man. Like, it's all about what you enjoy. Like, could I play Uncharted on hard mode and, like, extend the experience by an hour or two? Sure. But, like, why? You know? Like, I'm going to win no matter what anyway. Like, it's not... It like... Especially a lot of those games, all they do is just, like, turn the damage meters up and stuff. It's not like... That yeah, and they just become, difference. like, bullet sponges, and it's not enjoyable for me. Or, like, you die in one shot, and it's like, okay, yeah. well, I, I don't want no margin of error. Like, I'm just trying to play the game, you know? Like, I don't want to rewatch the cutscene ten times because I keep getting <laughs> headshot, you know? So, it's, it's, a, it's all about striking a balance for me. Like, if, if the point of the game is the story, then... Let's just play the story and enjoy it and see what's up. You know, mm-hmm. like I, 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 I'm finally finishing Red Dead Redemption Two now. I'm just playing that on normal mode. You know, um, but like something like Cuphead or or Celeste or whatever. Like the point of it is to be tough, is to be challenged. You know. Well, the argument came up around Se- Sekiro and how they were like adamant they didn't want to add an easy mode in. Yeah. See, like my thing with that is like you should add an easy mode in and. uh Steve from Able Gamers uh, talked about this a little bit. Able Gamers is like a, a, a great mm-hmm. charity that works with uh, physically disabled people to like figure out a way for them to play video games. Um, and, you know, he made the point of that, like, you know, they shouldn't call it easy mode. Like, it's like, it's accessible mode, you know? Yeah, which is like, why I think somebody like disabled or... Celeste did it so so well, like allowing you yeah. to say like you don't have to hold the button down or you know you can you know get an extra crystal in order to go be able to jump further that kind of thing. So it does make it more accessible for people who might not necessarily be able to complete the game otherwise and enjoy the experience the same way everyone else would. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think that mentality of like oh you just need to get good is like if that's funny to say that like but like I don't think that that's like a, a valid argument and anybody- I genuinely don't think anyone has time to like you have to dedicate yourself to one specific game so for example i wanted to get into like mortal kombat 11 and i wanted to get really really good at mortal kombat i'd have to play for hundreds a hundreds of hours in order to be able to play that game online which is like again if that's what you want to do that's awesome but um so this is podcast after dark yeah. and we got way deep on that <laughs> rabbit hole so you've also been playing toy story 2 have you never played this game but like what no i have but why are you doing Holy that? shit it's my favorite game from the ps1 are you playing the ps1 version yeah it's incredible what did you why what would you play on 
I, N64 because this is a Nintendo. Oh, I didn't podcast. even know it was on the N64. You're just bringing up PlayStation <laughs> One games. I, now, I know. Steve? I pulled. Are out, you kidding me? I pulled out my PS Vita at the weekend. <laughs> oh my god. I love the PS Vita, but mm. like the Nintendo fans are gonna slay you. Um, what are you doing? I, I, I got it out. It was there. I was thinking, do I want to sell this? Because I'm not really playing it much, and I'm playing pretty much everything on my Switch. And then I saw Toy Story 2 sat there on the home page, and I was like, you know what? I could just boot that up again. It's only one. That's it's wild. Like, it's like it's my favorite game of all time. I've played it probably not all time, but my favorite game of all time from the PS1. I've played it <laughs> to death so many times. I know exactly I where everything is. I can't believe is. you just uttered the sentence that Toy Story 2 is my favorite video game of it's all got, time. It's got to be out there. It's probably in my top five. <laughs> That's insane. I it's mean, incredible. it's a good game. I remember it. It was really like, fun. I didn't, but... have, I didn't have an N64 when I was a kid. So I didn't have the good platformers. I didn't have Mario 64. You had Crash and Spyro. Well, I never played Spyro. Crash was okay, but oh, it's not like an open world kind of... Never crash is totally Spyro. different. Crash is not like a no. Crash is different. I know, yeah. but Spyro is Spyro that, but is it's... exactly that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Toy Story Two is great. I, I I'm loving it. I'm running. I'm currently running around Owl's Toy Barn. It's awesome. The the part that I remember most vividly is um I think it's when you're still in Andy's house and in the garage. There's the race with the RC car and everything. Yeah, and you yeah. can like jump on. You can jump on the big like minivan. And like on top of uh-huh. it, it's like the green laser beam that you need to go and kill the boss in the attic. Yep. And there's yep. like both yeah, sheep everywhere. And you have to collect like Mr. Potato Head's missing pieces. Like, hey, Buzz, have you seen <laughs> my ear? If you find my ear, I'll let you use my little gadget. Like, why has Mr. Potato Head got all these cool gadgets like rocket boots and uh, force fields and grapple hooks? And also, don't you think like him giving you those things would be like really helpful and you trying to get yeah. his fucking face back? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're limiting the odds of me finding your ears pretty significantly here, pal. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. My type Porsche Cuphead and lots and lots of Toy Story 2 over the weekend. It was really there good. There you go. Well, okay, cool. <laughs> I've been, I've, I've, I, if we're talking about other stuff, I've also been doing crimes in Red Dead Redemption 2, you, like I you, said. You've so. already mentioned Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, I, I like, guess you're right. I broke the seal. I broke the seal. So uh, aside from that, if you want to support us and what we're doing here at Loot Pots, remember you can give the show uh, a follow, a subscribe, whatever on your platform of choice. Uh, give us one of those sweet five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice, wherever you listen to us. Share us with your friends. You know how to do the internet stuff at this point. Uh, so please do that. And uh, if you want to try to get your questions right on the air, remember you can hit us up at potscast at lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lupots.com. Visit us at lupots.com, all that stuff. All right, so jump right into the news. We've got uh, six items on the list this week. We'll start by the thing that we've, I guess, been talking about, you know, kind of off and on in the show for a while now. Biggest piece of news, most disappointing piece of news in a while <laughs> Uh, the Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers reveal. Yeah, so you're, are you really excited that the the Phantom Thieves have been renamed the Phantom Strikers and they're finally on the Switch? It's exactly what we wanted, right? This is a, such a big letdown. I really wanted Persona 5 on Switch. The idea of it being like the S updated version or whatever, like, you know, sounded great. I was all about that. Mm-hmm. And... 
We got this thing that nobody wants and nobody asks for. I don't like Musos. Like, I know there are a, a group of people that do, but... I've never played one. Oh, really? You never played Dynasty Warriors or anything like that? No, I've never played Dynasty Warriors. Didn't play Hyrule Warriors or uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. I might pick this up just because I want to hear the music again. But I mean, I, I really liked Musos when I was, like, a kid. You know, when I was, like, a preteen or is, younger. Which is a really weird... Genre, really weird franchise to pick for what was potentially a kids game then because it's not exactly as we've discussed on the show before it's not exactly kid friendly I don't really think that they're supposed to be kid games though is the thing like I just that was when they resonated with me because like they're easy and like they're not I don't think they're like super deep you know like they're just like beat em ups you know it's like hey you're one really powerful person and you're gonna kill like a million mooks and then fight one boss and then whatever and it's like I just I'm over it you know I played a lot of Dynasty Warriors when mm-hmm. I was young on the PS2 and I just you know Hyrule Warriors would have been the thing to get me back if anything could and it didn't so I'm just kinda this is a big disappointment for me I really wanted to actually play Persona on the Switch yeah, and it's it is the people that did Dynasty Warriors, Koei Tecmo, and Amiga yeah. Force. So the people pretty much invented the the genre are making it. But I can see why everyone was was disappointed. I was gutted when it was announced. Um, I've even played Persona Five, so I don't know why, but I would probably play it again if it came to Switch. You're a wild man. Yeah, I I don't know. It's there's not not a lot that else has been revealed about it. We don't know if it if it's even coming to the West. It's only been announced for Japan currently. But if it comes to Japan in 2020, I'd imagine it's a, a very late 2020 or 2021 game for the West. That's what they did with Persona 5. It came out in Japan in 2016 and it came to the West in 2017. Yeah, I don't I don't see any mention of it, but I definitely thought I remember reading somewhere that it was coming to the West in 2020, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe that was just the original reveal. So yeah, it, it could be a while. Oh, you know what's coming in 2020 is Persona 5 The Royal. Oh, okay. okay. Which is the updated Persona 5 for the PS4. Okay. So that was, that was where the confusion came mm-hmm. into play for me. But yeah, considering that's coming in October, there's been no announcement of a date for Persona 5 Scramble. I'd imagine Persona 5 Scramble's coming out in Japan in 2020, which means we probably won't see it until 2021 in the West. So I can forget, I can push this way to the back of my head and remember it in 2021. Uh, So speaking of things that have been pushed to the back of my brain for a long time, Mario Kart Tour, the mobile version of Mario Kart. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, How do you know it's a mobile version of Mario Kart? Because they've announced fuck all about it. We have no idea what this is we know that no we don't no i genuinely have no idea what this is like uh, no it's a mo- it's a mobile game it's a mobile game but i don't think it's going to be a tilty phone racer i really don't I think mean, it's going to be a racing that. game i just said it was a, i just said it was a mobile game you said it was the mobile version of america i don't think that's what it's going to be i think it's going to be something different but i'm really excited to mean? see what it's going to be but it is the mobile. It's literally the mobile version of Mario Kart. It's no. called Mario like the, Kart you Tour, and say, it's on a phone. You cannot, you cannot fucking say Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is the mobile version of Animal Crossing. It's a, it's a totally different thing. That, that's what it is, though. It literally is that. Okay, yeah, fair enough, what, fair it, enough. It's like, what if Animal Crossing was a mobile game? Not a good one, but yeah, it, dreadful like, one. it's... Yeah, like, but mobile games suck. So, like... <laughs> So, now that we're here in the weeds, Mario Kart Tour, <laughs> the, the literal mobile game, which is all I meant. 
the, the Mario Kart game coming to Android and iOS, if that makes you more comfortable, Steven. That's my bad. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Uh, has a, a closed beta, which is uh, is is um, open now, and applications close on May 7th, So, but it's going to actually start May 22nd. So it's right around the corner. You still have time to apply right now. Um, I will probably throw my hat in the ring and see if yeah, I can maybe review it please. for loot pots. You're not allowed to take any screenshots, record any video, or share any thoughts, but give it a go and let me know privately what you think about it. The hell is the value of that then? Fine, I'll do it anyway just for you, Steve. <laughs> well, um, I, I can't you can't play, do so it. The, the you can private... only do it in the USA or Japan. Yeah, and you can only do it if you have an Android phone, which I do not have either. So, and you can only do it if you're over 18. There's a lot of rules. I went, there's a lot of rules on, on the on the page. You know, Steve obviously is is you know British, uh, is dreadfully an iPhone user. My least favorite fact about you, and uh, is under eighteen, so he doesn't meet any of the criteria. I know, I know it's terrible. Only twelve years Plus old. Plus, I know? was I was planning on taking loads of screenshots, posting them everywhere. You know what the most possibly the most irritating thing is though that you have your Nintendo account has to be the same email as your Google Play account, and I'd imagine that's going to trip a lot of people up. I'm safe on that account, so I'm good. Okay. Um, but, you know, the, the I think what I'll probably do is I'll take a bunch of screenshots and videos, and then I'll, I'll um, you know, release them under my pseudonym, pseudonym Rixelpar. No, no, no. I was going to say it's going to be like Quiet Paul or something, you know, you're like... Quiet Pete. Paul! <laughs> you can be like the, the polar opposite. <laughs> It's just, it's just like a cartoon version of me in sunglasses. It'll be perfect with like a little, with a bit of tape over your mouth, like really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> just two, like to make an X. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mario Kart Tour Private Beta. Sign up for it. Let us know how it goes. What do you? Are you excited for it? No, I don't. I mean, I'll play it because I try all of their mobile games because mm. I think maybe eventually they'll get it right. But like, mobile games aren't good. I don't like them. Yeah, it seems like this one's going to be a free-to-play one as well. They've they mentioned in the um, the requirements that they're going to wipe all the data and that they're not going to charge for in-app purchases during the testing phase. So there is going to be in-app purchases in the main game. So I, I, I can only imagine it's going to be free-to-play and then you either buy courses or right. whatever it's going to be. So, you know, which is fine. Like, it's not, like, the mobile pricing model that bothers me. It's just that, like, mobile games are, like, kind of by their nature shallow. It totally is the the mobile pricing thing that bugs me. Like, I, really? I just wanted to play a game of Bejeweled on my phone because it randomly popped in my head. I wanted to play some classic Bejeweled mobile game. Sure. And the only versions that EA pump out are just riddled with adverts. They pop up everywhere, and I cannot pay to get rid of them. That I don't like. And if if you get to the end of the level and you want to continue playing, you either have to pay to buy coin things in order to keep going, or you watch an advert and then they let you keep going. Mm. Yeah, see, like, that sucks. And, like, I'm not talking about that as much as, like, like Nintendo's, I think, has been far more respectful, right? Like, there's not ads... And it's yeah. it's generally like it's free and you can pay for some kind of currency or time whatever, like and it's it's clean. I don't like ads in games, but um the mobile pricing like 
it it never impeded my enjoyment of Animal Crossing or Fire Emblem or any of the other Nintendo mobile games that I did briefly get into. Um, it was just that like they were shallow. And eventually I hit a point where I'm like, okay, like I've seen all this has to offer. And it's like, I'm just doing this to, to waste time. You know, like the, the de- mm-hmm. they're like the definition of a mobile games are the definition of a good time waster, but I don't have time to waste. Oh, you don't, you're, you're one of the lucky few there that doesn't have a commute. Yeah. Like your commute's right, from right. your bed to your desk. So like that's a, that's a lot, that's a good chunk of time that people have literal time to waste they're sat on a train or a bus or something and they just want to play a game like that's legit but i guess like for me that's just it doesn't jive with my personality because even when i did have a commute for jobs in the past um that was like a public transit kind of thing i would like listen to podcasts i'd read Mm -hmm. i'd read i you know would like bring a book i would bring my 3ds like i would do something more substantial Unless it was, like, a very short amount of time. But even in that case, it's like, okay, like, do I need to play this shallow-ass video game for five I, I'm seconds? With you. Yeah, I, I get, like, most of my game time, I want to invest in a decent game I'm going to get a lot of enjoyment out of. So I can totally understand right. that. And you want to spend your time on other stuff in that those period of times. But I, I do find myself playing the odd mobile game every now and again. They usually are playing spits and spads, and then I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it at some point. Like the one I've spent probably a lot of time in it, stuff like um, game dev tycoon story, game dev story, and yeah. and the uh, the other one that game's fun, which is like Millionaire's Tycoon or something. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, and like there there are good mobile games. Like I I don't I didn't talk about it on this show because it's a Nintendo show, but Florence was a game that I played on my vacation, and uh, it's a phenomenal story driven mobile game. It's beautiful. Uh, the music's beautiful. The art's beautiful. It's very emotional. Um, so like, it's not like the platform is incapable of producing good games. I liked Pokemon Quest too, which is like a mobile style game that I played on Switch. Um, it's just like, in general though, those sorts of games, like, they just don't have much to them. You know, they're all about a loop and yeah. I don't find the loop to be particularly enjoying, enjoy, enjoyable rather. Um, so, you know, that's, that's it. I'm I'm not excited about this. I will try it. I will give it a go, and maybe it'll grab me, but it probably won't. It's gonna be another Dragalia. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I played Dragalia Lost for like a day, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. I could maybe see myself playing this." And then I'm like, "Eh, nah, forget it." <laughs> All right. So this next one, I'm gonna throw over to Steve uh, because I know nothing about this game or even how to pronounce. I genuinely cannot believe you've never heard of this game. What is it? Thirteen. Yeah, it's based on a comic book called 13. Really? Yeah. So I would have thought okay. you would have known it, you see. You catch my attention. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, you're, it's one of the first game, one of the first shooters I ever played. I had this on the original Xbox. I played it to death through Xbox Live. It was so, it was on GameCube so good. And PS2 as well. Uh, yeah, I had it on the original Xbox. Um, and I distinctly remember playing an absolute ton of it. It's it's fantastic, and it's it's it was a very distinctive, pretty game at the time. It was one of the first like cell shaded games. Remember when like tons and tons of cell shaded games came out? Yeah, that was like the thing for a minute. Yeah, that I think is probably going to come back, and they're remastering it for the Switch. So I'm quite excited about it. It's got a very cool style. I'm watching the trailer right now, um, and it, it still looks good. I mean, I'm sure like obviously this is like updated, but yeah, the story is a bit Jason Bourne. So it's kind of like you wake up washed up on the beach and you can't remember anything, but you're wanted for assassinating the president. Yeah. 
So it's quite a cool story. And then you kind of just, it unravels from there and you have to shoot everyone that's coming after you. Sounds neat, man. It's interesting because, like, the article that we have about it that Terrence wrote, like, says that, like, it wasn't, like, super well received when it came out. I loved it. It's kind of interesting that, like, you knew it and, like, the people who are, like, re-releasing it are like, oh, like, it's a unique story-driven FPS experience that's missing in today's gaming landscape. So it's like, it sounds like it's, you know, a kind of a cult classic and it's getting another shot here. And, like, I mean, what better place than the Nintendo Switch, right? It's coming to other platforms as well, but... It is. It's coming to pretty much everything. I have a copy of this downstairs, and when this was announced, I tried putting it in my Xbox One, but it's not backwards compatible, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. Uh, but so I am looking forward to it. Do you think it. you'll get this on Switch or Xbox? Oh, probably Switch, if the performance is decent. Otherwise, it'll be on uh, Xbox or PS4. Very cool. Um, so, congratulations. That's like a weird, deep cut that is coming back for you. You're yeah, it's really man. strange. Like, I, I sent it to my dad as well, because he, he played it when it came out on uh, the original yeah. Xbox. And he was like, oh, I remember that. So, I think he's probably going to pick it up as well. Nice. Very cool. All right. So, this next one was a wild little story. Uh, so, there is a like text-based adventure game called A Dark Room. Uh, that recently was ported into Nintendo Switch and uh, mobile platforms by um, oh, let me look up the guys. Amir Rajan. Here. Thank you, Amir Rajan, who's uh, like an independent game developer, and he um, put a backdoor secret editor to allow people to do their own like code in Ruby on the Nintendo Switch. So, like for those of you who don't like like understand the implication of that uh essentially that would allow anybody to like make their own homebrew software and run it on nintendo switch through a dark room more or less which obviously is something that nintendo would you know not want to allow to happen because it opens up the switch to hacking you know like backdoor hacking basically through the game you'd be able to run any software that you could cobble together through just opening that, you know, the game as it were, basically. Uh, which, you know, the implications of how that could easily lead to piracy and all these other rights issues, like, are, you know, are not hard to think about, right? So, um, the game was pulled from the eShop. Yeah, so, well, the, the game came out on the 26th, and then he posted over on um, Mastodon which is like a decentralized network on ruby.social, uh, he posted to say, oh, by the way, if you plug a keyboard into your Switch and then press the tilde key, which is like the one that looks like a little wavy line, then you'll get a, a, a Ruby interpreter pop up. And within there, you can just program things. Now, he is adamant, and I think he's probably right in saying that it is sandboxed and you can't access anything else from outside of the game. And all you can really do is draw things in it but that doesn't stop the fact that he hid something in there didn't tell nintendo didn't tell his publisher didn't tell anyone about this thing and it like like you rightly say it could well easily be used to distribute exploits so if an exploit was found in the switch and you could use this code editor to just copy and paste some um, text in and exploit the switch and then all of a sudden you've got a hacked switch who knows right and like i think to your point even if the things that i laid out are less possible or like less like 
you know, um, damaging long term than they seem. Like he did breach his contract by sneaking this into the software, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a cool thing to add. It's a cool Easter egg. I think programming environments should be available on consoles. They've been available on consoles since as far back as say the PS2. There was a one you could get for that. Um, and I think they should exist, but I think that you should be open about them and you should allow Nintendo to vet them before releasing it. And, and he should have at least told his publisher. And he's, he's obviously, he's released written statements since the game's been pulled from the eShop and has apologized profusely for what his actions and apologized to his publisher and apologized to Nintendo and is hoping to kind of get the game back on the store without the editor at some point. You know, because I I feel weird about this story because I don't I don't feel like there's negative intention here, right? Like I think, like you said, it was like he was just trying to put this cool Easter egg in. Like that's a thing that is that's there's there's history in that for video games, and like you know, like I I can totally understand wanting to like just put this cool little thing in your game and like you yeah. know like give this thing to the Ruby community. Like it, it seems innocent enough, but in in the same breath. I don't know how he couldn't think about the fact that this was a bad idea to do it and then publicize it. I think it could have been a really cool little PR thing if he'd arranged to do it with his publisher and his publisher had disclosed that to Nintendo. Right. And I think the the thing that's like interesting is like honestly the person I feel worst for is is his publishing partner. Circle Entertainment is is the name of the um the the publisher and like you know, they, they didn't know that this was happening and, like, this is a strike against their company and, like, they really didn't have anything to do with it. So it's, like, that's it's it's kind of just, like, it's unfortunate that this thing that he was just trying to do, like, for fun is, like, now coming back on him and also reflecting negatively on his publisher and potentially damaging their relationship with Nintendo. And, like, they released a statement, you know, where they said... Uh, we have always worked hard to carefully follow Nintendo's processes and terms throughout our history of publishing DSiWare, 3DS eShop, Wii U eShop, and Nintendo Switch eShop, and we're sorry that the that there has evidently been an issue with this title. You know, they're they're like obviously kind of in like damage control mode here and everything, and it's just it's just bad vibes all around. Yeah, fingers crossed he gets it resolved and the game's restored to the eShop. Um, but yeah, I can't help but think it was just a a bad idea with well and with good intentions that was just you know just kind of blew up in maybe a way that it shouldn't have oh and just uh just to give credit where credit's due the quotes and sourcing of of that story that we were just pulling from is from the Eurogamer article on the subject by Wesley in pool so uh go give them a click if you're so inclined to get the entire story uh, so then next up, we've got Nintendo Switch's 8.0.0 update, uh, which added an unmentioned boost mode to the SDK uh, that changes the clock speed of the Switch's CPU. So this is a big deal. Massive deal. And they just completely put it in under the radar and uh, didn't really announce it at all. It was just found by by people who were digging around with the SDK, really. Yeah, so it's it's very... Interesting that they wouldn't talk about this because it it is like a pretty big deal. It represents like, you know, an expanding of what the Switch is kind of like able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously it's got people wondering like, why? You know, what is, what game was this done for? Yeah, well, they've released, Nintendo have released two updates for um, Mario Odyssey and for Breath of the Wild that included the Labo VR support that used this new set CPU boost mode function 
Oh, so those already are taking it. Yes, they I have. See, okay. And uh, Oatmeal Dome, who is a prolific uh, kind of data miner and, and hacker in the Nintendo Switch community, discovered this new function in the SDK and discovered well, that that's awesome. both Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey are using the new method. And what it seems to be, it seems to be used on loading screens currently. So they seem to be just boosting the clock speed for the loading screens to, in order to speed them up. And then clocking it back down to the normal um, clock speed. That's it's it's fascinating. It's it's I, I'm just baffled why they didn't disclose that. You know, my guess is they just don't see the point. Like, um, yeah, fair enough. The user the users don't need to know that behind the scenes something's going on. Yeah, I guess the average person doesn't yeah. really care. Maybe in the Breath of the Wild update docs, they could just put, and ah, we've increased the loading times. You know, we've improved yep. the loading speeds. But other than that, I don't think most consumers really care. Obviously, developers do, and they need to know about it. And presumably, um, some developers will be working to implement the new boost mode. But you've, I've got to think that there is a specific game this was intended for. And I, it seems to me reminiscent of what um, Sony did with the PSP when they overclocked the PS, original PSP just to get God of War specifically to work on there at yeah. God of War's request. Um, so do you think there is a game that wouldn't run on the Switch at its current clock speed that Nintendo wanted to make sure ran? Or maybe there is the upcoming hardware revision that it worked fine on because maybe that's a higher clock speed and they added this in to accommodate and allow backwards compatibility with it. Could be both. I'm thinking that Considering that the the VR stuff is already taking advantage of it, I have to imagine that was part of the equation. But the the idea of this being introduced as a way to match the power, or at least come close to matching the power of the like you know quote unquote Switch Plus or whatever you want to call it, the new Switch, what um, that makes sense to me because then you can create an environment where the original switch and the switch mini whatever you know um switch junior models that we've talked about could play the game like could play the high-end software that's capable of being played on the like updated stuff at like a base level in overclocked mode yeah you know so like Instead of getting that split like we saw with the 3DS and the new 3DS where there was like two or three games that you couldn't play on the DS Classic, uh, or 3DS Classic, I guess I should say, um, and like the Super Nintendo exclusives and whatever, like you could theoretically still play those games just in like a more kind of like... Yeah, it might run at say 30 frames a second instead of 60 or right, a yeah. slightly lower resolution, that kind of thing. But it can still it can yeah, still play. Yeah, it would play. be the same like amount of difference between a PS4 and a PS4 Pro, or an Xbox and an Xbox One X. Yeah, but it wouldn't be that hard break, which uh, which I hope is the case. Um, but yeah, I I also think it could potentially be for like Astral Chain, which looking at the screenshots they keep posting on Twitter every couple of weeks or so, they really are like hyping that game up to the max yeah it's looking pretty good but then they're there they could just be renders who knows yeah it's one of those things that's tough to say because like that game is like just you know it's just not out yet yeah and like 
I don't know how far in development is. I don't know how long it's been in development. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to think like, how long ago did they decide they were going to include this overclocking mode? Who's aware of it? Have they made this thing a thing that's available to any developer? Because now that it exists, anybody can take advantage of it. Yeah. But like, if this game's been in development for two years, did they know that? You know, like, and if they know it now, will they adjust the game so it takes advantage of it? Like, there's so many unanswered questions because we just have no idea how long it's, how long this ball's even been in the air. I'd also, I also think it can potentially be, if it's just for improving loading times, maybe Super Mario Maker 2 with loading of levels from other people or testing out your levels and wanting to play it. Maybe they, there was a slight delay between creating the level and then playing the level and they wanted to speed that up, that Anna in the boost mode, if that's coming out next month, could potentially be for something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think any of those things are, are possible. Um, it's just really hard to say because it's such a recent announcement. Yeah. I'd, I'd love Digital Foundry to do some kind of analysis or even, even us to do some kind of analysis. I'd love to know, um, if the loading time is massively improved. I'd love to know if the boost mode has an impact on battery life because I can only imagine that, uh, uh, a higher clock CPU and higher clock GPU is going to do something to the battery life. Yeah, you have to imagine. And that's the thing is, like, it, you know, this is something that won't retroactively affect games. It's not like this is, like, just the default now. The Switch is just faster, you know? It's only if a game chooses to overclock, which is going to, like, affect, you know, basically everything about how the system runs. It'll run hotter. It'll drain battery quicker. It, you know, um, could affect overall performance in unpredictable ways like mm-hmm. it's tough to say so yeah i mean i i'm really interested to see a breakdown like that and you have to imagine one is coming from someone yeah. out there um whether it's us or digital foundry or whoever but when that breakdown comes i would definitely want to dig this story back out because it's it's an interesting question of what the long-term ramifications of this like newly unlocked potential is Mm -hmm. because it could even affect like what games are capable of being ported to the switch yeah absolutely and i i someone on the reddit post mentioned um the reason they might be optionally doing the gpu uh boost mode or the cpu boost mode is because some games in the past namely like um oblivion and skyrim have linked certain things to the to the frame rate the frame rate to the clock speed mm-hmm. so um it could be that it would break some games if they just uprated everything but right yeah it's a thing that you'd have to like optionally patch in if you wanted mm-hmm. to take advantage of but i imagine we will see that like i wonder if that'll happen with like maybe we'll see doom like run smoother and games that already run well will run better and like be able to actually look better because there's a little more under the hood yeah what well, actually one game i'm in- interested in there's an update for my time at porsche coming out next week yeah imagine how that could if that's going to improve this the low times yeah Pro- probably yeah we'll have to wait and see all right, so jumping over to Out This Week, on Thursday, May 2nd, we've got, uh, speaking of Game Freak, their game Giga Wrecker Alt, which we talked about a while ago. Uh, it's one of their like little indie kind of like pet project games that they did a while ago. Um, it's kind of like a thing they do internally to like let the teams do things that are other than do things besides Pokemon. Uh, it's a 2D action adventure game, you know, um, it's supposed to be okay. 
Yeah, other than the fact it's by Game Freak, I'm not jazzed about this game at all. Yeah, I mean, um, it doesn't have super great reviews or anything. Like, there's a reason you probably haven't heard of it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's Game Freak, so we gotta give it the shout. Uh, next up, we have The Swords of Ditto, Momo, uh, Mormo's Curse. This game looks super cute. It looks adorable, doesn't it? Looks like Absolutely a cartoon. adorable. It's like, um, it's like a graphic novel. It looks like looking at a graphic novel. The, uh, yeah, like, the artwork. It, it has like a very like kind of like Adventure Time, like oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, kind of vibe too. Yeah, this would be one for it. Pixel because it's got local co-op. It's I don't know, it just looks fun. Yeah. It, looks, it seems like a very fun, fun little game. Um, I like. I I definitely think Pixel will like it because it's got that like top-down. It looks Zelda like a, it's like a it's pretty co-op. looking Zelda game. Yeah, it's an action RPG. We should probably say what a, what the hell it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's like an isometric action RPG yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Like think um, Link to the Past and um, not Pixel the and it will look like this. So yeah, I don't know. Looks pretty good. Um, interested to see how, what people think about it. You know, this will this will be one to keep an eye on though. I think. Uh, next up is. Um, it's it's Valhalla. It's V A dash one one Hal dash A. Yes, um, it is cyberpunk yeah. bartender action. This game uh, made some waves when it came to Steam a while ago, and it, it was pretty popular. I actually played it myself um, on Steam and just could not get into it. Really, it's, you it's went funny. into it. It's funny, but it's very slow. Okay, I was quite excited for it. It just didn't hold my attention. I think you should try it, though. Like, a, a lot of people really dug it. I, I love this kind of point-and-clicky, old-school-style game. Yeah. It's very much that. So, I like games like that sometimes. And this one just didn't click for me. But was it the story? No. Like, it was just, like, the framing device of it. Like, it was very, like, kind of just weird. Like, I didn't feel like there was a ton of cohesion, and I just felt like I was, like, doing the bartender thing, and, like, it wasn't super engaging like the art was cool and it made me laugh but it was just kind of like what am i doing yeah. you know like i don't know i don't think i played it long enough to get the hook is it but i wasn't more, motivated is it more visually novel style thing than a actual adventure game then uh, like it definitely is point and click because the bartending is very like you have to like mix ingredients right okay like, cool it, it definitely has that vibe to it um but it's 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 odd. It's an odd game for sure. But I, it's, I, I want, it's, I'll check it out. Do you know one game? Speaking of like visual novel style things, I really want on the Switch is Dream Daddy. Have you ever played Dream Daddy? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a Game Grumps game. I fucking love Dream Daddy. I love Game Grumps. Um, yeah, that's, I, I I did play that when it came out, and uh, that one's coming to consoles too pretty soon. It's on PS4, but I don't know if it's an exclusive there because it's not coming to anything else. I think it might be, but I think I. Feel like I remember them talking about it coming to Switch. I really want it to come to Switch. Either way, uh, next up is a game that Steve almost left off the list because he's I, a it, punk. Do you know what? Duck game, Steve. Right. When I when I when I add every game that comes out, I get moaned at. When I pick and choose the games that I'm interested in, I get moaned at. You're right. It's not fair. I really set you up to lose. You know, <laughs> it's a lose lose situation. You're right, man. You're my friend, and I shouldn't I shouldn't have done that. Um. You thought I was going to lose my cool, right? Love it. I'm a brash American. Love it, yeah. <laughs> no, Duck Game is fantastic, man. Duck Game is a great game. It's uh, it's an Adult Swim games game. 
um, which they have a pretty good track record. Like, they've released a lot of really solid games. They're the Cartoon Network, right? Adult Swim. Yeah, that's like Cartoon Network's After Dark Okay, thing. cool. And they they published a lot of really cool games, this being one of them. Um, I'm pretty sure they're publishing the Toe Jam and Earl remake that Pixel's apparently reviewing. Shh, um, are we not? Is he not meant to tell? Or is that game out now? That game's out now, yeah. Yeah, it's out already. It's fine now. Um, but Duck Game is just like... Imagine, like, Smash Brothers, but, like, actually, I guess it's more like PlayStation All-Stars. Oh, holy shit, it looks just like Towerfall. Yeah, yes, it is like Towerfall, too, where, like, everybody drops, everybody's a duck, and there are, like, weapons scattered about all of the levels. The levels are, like, somewhat randomly generated, like, from a bunch of different presets, um, and you have to, like, when you spawn, you have to run, grab a weapon, and kill every other duck on on the level uh to take the round and it's kind of like a best of 10 thing so like it's the first to 10 wins in a round takes the round kind of thing okay um so it really like how long a set of games is depends on how good any one player yeah. is if you're a bunch of evenly ranked players you could uh, go on for can, hours <laughs> not hours but like it, i mean like it could if you keep tying um but it's it's a blast. I mean, it came out on Steam years ago, and it's a game I play for, like it's it's a go to multiplayer thing for me and my buddies. I have a question. Yeah. What platform did this game first release on? You, PC. You will never guess. It's not PC. No. No. It came out a year earlier on another platform. Really? Yeah. What? Ouya. Oh my god, this is one of the Ouya This is an Ouya game, yeah. Oh my god, that's <laughs> hilarious. I didn't even remember that. That's great. Well, that gives you a gauge of like how old Duck Game is. It came out like 2013 or 14 or yeah, something. Yeah, 2014 on the Ouya. I, I still play it because it's fantastic. And I've been saying for like since the Switch came out, let's get Duck Game on the Will goddamn Switch. with a single Joy-Con on the controls where they map well? Oh yeah, 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 totally. It's only like a three-button game like the controls are you know d-pad to move a is to jump uh x is to sh- or well i'm thinking x i'm thinking on an xbox controller but <laughs> there's jump shoot pick up a weapon or drop a weapon uh there's a button to hit where you just like fall prone and um and then there's a button to quack okay and there's another button you can press to like pitch modulate the quack so, like, even on a Joy-Con, you'd be able to do all of the, like, essential things that you would need to, like, play. So, okay, it'll, it'll, it'll port yeah. totally well. Um, and I'm really excited because you know they're going to have, like, Nintendo hats. Because a big thing in the game is every duck, like, gets hats that you can put on. Oh, Mario uh, so on Luigi Steam, hat. Oh, my God, yeah. So, on Steam, it's dope because you can just download, like, packs. Like, me and my friends have downloaded, like, Futurama, Steven Universe, like, all these other things. And, like, we all just have the same mods on all the time so we can use them. Uh, but on Nintendo, you know, they're going to do like Mario, Zelda, like all that stuff. So, <laughs> uh, Duck Game is great. Duck Game is one of my favorite multiplayer games of all time. Absolutely. If my opinion means anything to you, do not sleep on this game. It's so good and is it's cheap. Online multiplayer? Uh, there is on Steam. I don't know if there will be on Switch. Okay. If it's on Switch, we may have to get like a little competition on oh we're gonna on stream this Twitch thing going for sure yeah. yeah i would love to do a competition with the fans oh a big time because i'm gonna suck get the potheads in out here yeah <laughs> oh, i'll dominate i'm good 
Uh, all right. So next up on Friday, May third, we have Bird Game Plus. Not I, I've never played it, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say not as good as Duck Game. Well, this is why I didn't put Duck Game in because I already had a game about birds in on the Friday. I was just like, we don't need two. Well, if games that's about what we're birds. going for, then we need to just skip this game entirely. No, it just it does look interesting. Have a look at the oh, no, the art beautiful. style on this one. It looks really cool. It's like a, a sketched out uh, adventure game. Yeah, like, it's, like, a literal hand-drawn style, but it's, like, yeah. everything is, like, being drawn in real time. Oh, yeah, yeah, you play as a bird and you fly through the, the levels to, like, a relaxing, calming soundtrack. I think it's, like, a a walking sim, but in it, but you're a bird flying. But it's an, it's an arcade game, because it's, like, in the video you see, like, you're, like, flying through rings and, like, dodging obstacles. Okay. So it's, like, an arcade-y kind of thing. I get that. It's like bomb power that you're, you're like, I'm seeing, you're like dropping bombs on bugs and Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm going to pick this up. This is really cool. It's so like unique. Yeah, this is a cool one. Definitely check this out. I know I talk shit about it. Well, this is actually your fault. Because you could have just given them both a shot, but you know. Right, if you look at the art style between, like, I have very little to go on. I'm assembling this list, I'm reading the descriptions, I'm going, this sounds okay. I look at the art style, and I go, yeah, this is The game is awesome! Don't even! It looks beautiful! Pixel art is great, bro! Alright, It looks like a Super Nintendo game. Sure, it does. Oh, wait, real quick. Actually, (laughs) something I forgot to say about Duck Game. No (sighs) joke. This this soundtrack, it has one of the best soundtracks of any video game I've ever heard. Okay, does it? No joke. It has a phenomenal chiptune soundtrack. I I bump it in my car regularly. Okay. It's okay. I would buy this game soundtrack on vinyl. Really? Would you get would you it's, get I bet you can get it. I bet you can get it. If it exists, send me a link. I'm buying it right now because it's fucking rad. It's it is it does exist, yeah. It does? Oh my yeah, god, send me a link to right sure now. Phonoco have announced they'll be releasing the soundtrack to Duck Game on vinyl. Like right now, no, I did. is it available? Well, send I'm, me a link. I'm, I'm researching for you. I'm finding okay. it. All right. All right, you do that. You do that. You do that. And I'm going to talk about the next game. So next up, we've got Poyo Poyo Champions. Um, it literally looks like it's the exact same art from Poyo Poyo Tetris, just Poyo. <laughs> I love Max's tweet about this, though. Oh, my God. That like went like low-key viral, too. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it was a juicy tweet, though. It was good. It was good. He earned it. I don't see a cost <laughs> on this one. Is it free to play? No, seven ninety nine. I don't see the cost on the page, but okay. Yeah, do you know I what? Mean, so that's cool. I will probably get this because I want to. I want to learn how to play Puyo Puyo, but I did not want to play them together, mashed up with Tetris and mind well, fucking me every Puyo, second. If you get Puyo Puyo Tetris, you can do both on solo. It's a way better value. Really, way better value than say yeah. seven ninety nine, and I've already got Tetris because I like playing Tetris nine nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, you guys say nine nine. It's ninety nine. No, it's not. It's nine nine. It's, not, it's, like, not it's like Brooklyn nine nine. No, it isn't. Nine nine. <laughs> nine nine. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah. So I mean, Poyo's a Poyo Poyo's awesome. Any like tips on how to get into it? It's it just you just because my man. my mind looks at it and goes, oh, it's just like Tetris, and then I played it, and it was nothing no, like Tetris. The big thing is you have to think moves ahead. Like, you have to think about... It's like... Did you ever play, like, Pokemon Puzzle League? No. So that was a Poyo game, basically. So it's, like... It's very much, like, you need to think two moves ahead. So, like, you want to be, like, setting up combos. So that it's, like... Yeah, it's... No, this is, like, Bejeweled. You know, you want to set it up so you get, like, five in a row. And then you can put the fifth one in. And then it makes the special cube icons. And then, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get that. 
It just when I played it with Tetris, it just didn't didn't gel for me. I didn't get it. Well, you'll you'll get it, buddy. I believe in you. Maybe. all right so moving into our main topic this week we sent out the tweet we asked for you guys to send in your questions we gave you about about an hour about an hour hour and a half to get these in oh that's how long we've been recording yeah yeah that's accurate oh lord (laughs) it's podcast after dark baby it's always crazy there were so many tangents we could have gone off on i wanted to tell you how our telephone lines are handled here with our broadband companies (laughs) and all sorts of things but i reined it in and we've managed to get to the end of the show we didn't even talk about like obscure British cartoon characters and what kind of chocolate we, didn't we talk like. Talk about Spider Man and how Peter Parker is the actor in it. <laughs> wait, 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 Steve, Steve, hold on. It wouldn't be podcast after dark if you didn't do your American accent. No, I can't do it. You have to. No, you have to. Come on. Come okay, on, I'll, I'll read the first question from Chloe. Perfect. In the American okay. accent. I'll, I'll try. We're going to read these in chronological order. We got like six or seven here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll read them as they came in. Oh, he put on his glasses, everybody. Yeah. Oh, I can't see otherwise. It's not because like, <laughs> I'm putting glasses on to be you. I just literally He's can't like, oh, see. Yes, I have to get into character. Okay. Okay. Here right. we go. Well, see, it's embarrassing doing an American accent for an American person because you know, oh, you're just you guys maybe do a British me. accent. No. I'll here here we'll, we'll do it. Okay. We'll do we'll both do it. Right, okay. You read Chloe's and then I'll read right. Asobi's in a British accent. Okay. Okay. I can't I can't do it now. I can't do, do it. it. You're on the spot. Right, you have okay. to do it. We built it up too much. Now. You have to do it. <laughs> uh, have you? No, that's just me. That's just your voice. <laughs> have. Ha- uh, have you guys? No, I can't do it. Have you guys you played can't. Animal Crossing? And what are your hopes for AC two thousand nine? Oh my god, that was the most anticlimactic. You just read it. I can't do it. Woo! All right, podcast after dark, baby. It is literally dark outside. Let's go. You're telling me it's half past midnight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Read Chloe's. This is Chloe at Super Final Smash on Twitter. And which Chloe have say. says, have you guys played Animal Crossing and what are your hopes for AC 2019? Also, thoughts on Cuphead for Switch. Let's break it down. Chloe, we gave our thoughts on Cuphead for Switch at the beginning of this episode. What, you weren't listening when you sent the question? And you didn't s- listen to the show live, which <laughs> is impossible? God, Chloe. Um, but, yes, I have played Animal Crossing. I've played Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, the mobile version of Animal Crossing. It's the best, apparently, according to Pete. Oh, my God, I did not say that. And don't you dare put that <laughs> evil on me, Stephen Radford. <laughs> Uh, I have played Animal Crossing. Big fan of Animal Crossing, Chloe. Um, I was a huge fan of the first one, and um, what's the one on 3DS? New Leaf. Um, New Leaf. Yeah, I, I played a good amount of it as well. Did you play Happy Home Designer? No, I, I didn't bother with that one. Amiibo Festival. Nope. You, I know you have a copy of Amiibo Festival there. No, actually, he, Pixel just sent me the Isabel Amiibo. He didn't oh, even send me the game. It wouldn't I, play I anyway. They reach. I would not that. have played it. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I played all of the mainline entries. Like, I, I, I dabbled with City Folk and, um, 
I think it was New World or Wide Wild World or something like that, the one on the DS. I like the one on the DS a lot as well. I played that a good amount, but wasn't as into it as I was New Leaf. I got real into New Leaf. For I've a while. only played the GameCube one and New Leaf. So in terms of my hopes for it, my hope for it is that it's just like I just want it. Like I like it literally, if it was just a souped up version of the original Animal Crossing on Switch, I'd eat that right up. Honestly, so like they they really can't do anything mm. wrong. I don't need them I, to innovate I, that much. I want it to be like a fresh start, and I, and I'd like some new characters to come in because it's been a while since we've had any real major new characters. I'd like the ability to visit my friends' towns and live in my friends' towns and have a shared town, like um a shared farm in in um Stardew okay. Valley and then we're yeah. all working together as like co-mayor or something of the town to build that town out and make it what we want that's what I'd love to have and play that that's as a cool. co-op game I, I have a real hard time thinking of where the series goes from New Leaf like I feel like they really like gave you a lot like that the whole mayoral thing was like a major new thing that really added a lot of depth to the gameplay and I I wonder if they're gonna take that away like I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. But my hopes for it are just really that, like, it it wows us. Because I, I really want it to be a game that, like, hooks me deep like, mm-hmm. like Stardew did. Mm-hmm. I think it will. I think I really do think it will. I played the original Animal Crossing for, like, four years. What I don't want is it to lose. I don't want it to lose all of its charm, but I kind of want it to lose that weird, you know, that world on, like, on like a, a sphere thing. You know, and you like see it moving as you go. It was weird. I like the more flat yeah. look that they established in, in the original. That's what I want. It back to the GameCube flat style rather than on like a cylinder moving, whatever. And you're... I think they will because they're going to treat this more like a home console version, mm-hmm. which is something I'm really excited about because it hasn't been a home console game since City Folk. And that was not a great game, in my opinion, just because the control scheme sucked. I hated, like, the point-and-click thing with the Wiimote. I was really not a fan of that. Oh, they... Yeah, that was the big problem with the Wii. They sh- I couldn't I could get into it. They just shoved the motion controls into everything. Yeah. And it was, it was just not good. Like, I didn't even have the option to walk around with a joystick, and I was like, okay, forget this. So... Yeah, thanks for your question, Chloe. I am super excited for Animal Crossing 2019. I, any chance to talk about it is a blast. So really appreciate you writing in. Uh, so next up, we've got back-to-back questions from Asobi, who I know has been sitting on these probably for months because Pixel won't let them through. So here you are, buddy. I'm throwing you a bone. You know I got your back. Uh, so do I... Do I like do I do I read it in a British accent now because you couldn't do yours? I feel like I promise it and now like I'm I don't the kids know down, how to do an American accent. You laughed at me the last time I did it, so you know I'm Because it was great! I loved it. It was so funny. <laughs> well fine. Do you think that Nintendo's next console will be a successor to the Switch, or do you think that they'll go back to separate home consoles and handhelds instead of one hybrid console? Since Nintendo is always striving for new things when it comes to designing new consoles. I think, I think, I mean, what are we saying? The next console is a hardware revision of the Switch, the Switch Junior. No, no, I think, I think he means like Nintendo's next successor. The next gen. Like the next console. Will it be a Switch 2 or like a, you know, a 3D Switch kind of thing or a Switch U? Oh God, I uh, hope they come up with a new name. 
because if you look at what they did with the DS to the 3DS, that was confusing. You look at what they did with the Wii to the Wii U, that was confusing. Unless they go with Switch 2. What if they just call it Super Switch? No. <laughs> I, I, li- I, I, I would like a whole new name, as unless the Switch brand is like even stronger than Nintendo's brand at that point. Because like PlayStation is bigger than Sony's brand. You don't you don't right. think it's the Sony PlayStation you're saying, oh it's the PS4, it's the PlayStation. Right. Yeah, and it's tough. I think this is actually a really good question. I don't think they'll go back to separate home consoles and handhelds. I think that this is a strategy that, you know, isn't something that Nintendo made lightly, like uh deciding to, you know, effectively I don't wanna say like kill off one of their markets, you know, but like to bring their two markets together and kind of hybridize them yeah. and cross-pollinate them. That's something they had in the works for years before the Switch. You know, when they brought the Wii U and 3DS development teams under one banner so they could, like, share more technology and all that stuff. This is something they've been working to for a long time, and it's something that's clearly paid dividends for them. And I would be really surprised if they walked away from this strategy. I don't know that it'll be exactly like a Switch successor, but I think that the hybrid console is something that like nintendo really struck gold with and i i personally would be really disappointed to see them go back oh me too and and it's clearly resonated with gamers and you see all the time someone's just like oh yeah but is this coming to switch you know a a developer announcing you oh is it coming to switch when's this coming to switch you know i really i really would play this game but i wish it was on switch and i've done that with loads of games um and and I think I can see them changing strategy and going back to having a home console and then a, a handheld console. I think what they might do is is what I think what seems to be what they're going to do at maybe E three, which is have a cheaper model that's maybe a little bit lower spec that's maybe handheld only, but it still plays all the same games, and then have the Switch, which is the hybrid console. I could see them doing a handheld only version. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I I agree with that, but I think that's such a different thing than like them going back on this this change. Yeah, I I don't see that happening. Um, and then he had a follow up question. Uh, what would be your idea slash gimmick for a Switch successor that would make it unique? So what could they do to iterate on the Switch? They would make it as unique. like a platform to make it unique. I mean, they haven't got any AR stuff in, which I was a bit surprised that there wasn't any cameras included, to be honest. You know, I could have seen them using that for Pokemon. Yeah. That seems like a very Nintendo thing, too. Mm-hmm. They experimented with AR in the 3DS quite a bit, and, like, obviously Pokemon Go. But, um, you know, what? Well, I don't want any gimmicks. That, I don't either, is the thing. is I think the thing that's so great about the Switch was that Nintendo was like, hey, like, obviously the Switch itself is a gimmick, but well, the, the, gimmick the biggest isn't... gimmick on it is the IR IR sensor, and no one knew what the fuck it was for until the Labo came out, and then it was like, oh, it actually does something other than you can eat a hot dog in a game. Yeah, and it's got like HD rumble and all that kind of stuff. Like there are gimmicks in the Switch, but like I feel like the whole pitch of the Switch uh, was that it isn't a gimmick. You know, like it, it's it's got gimmicks to it because it's Nintendo, but like. It's not the the Wii U or the Wii where like the Wii was like we're revolutionizing gaming with motion controls and then the Wii U was like we made a tablet for some reason like that those things aren't like they felt like they weren't 
traditional video game consoles. Mm-hmm. They felt like they were trying to sell a gimmick. They were trying to sell like a toy more than a console. And the Switch is very much an appeal to hardcore gamers. And, you know, obviously it still appeals to the casual market a great deal because it's affordable. It has a ton of great games and it's got Nintendo IP. So like, I feel like at this point, Nintendo is more like being like, hey, like our mobile offerings are our appeals to the casual market we created with the Wii and the Switch is going to be, you know, we're doubling down on hardcore games on the Switch. And I that to me, that's what I want out of the Switch. I don't want a gimmick. I want a Switch 2 that is capable of like 4K and it runs way better and it's got good online. Like those are the things I care about at this point. It's quality of life and performance enhancements, yeah. not anything else, because I really truly believe that the Switch is a perfect platform for what it wants to be. I love it. I use it all the time. It's constantly by my side. I play it basically every day. Like, and, you know, I think like the fact that there's like, I know gamers in my life who only use it in handheld mode. I know gamers who only use it in docked mode. I know people that only use it as a multiplayer machine. I know people that use it for every single indie game that comes out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think the Switch is a perfect platform because it's modular for the gamer. It fits whatever the gamer wants it to be and however the gamer likes to play games. And I think if they can just improve that with better processing power and better graphics, a better screen, like more internal memory, like that's what I want. I don't need more gimmicks. Okay, a slight... Nintendo's good at making games. Like, I don't give a shit about gimmicks. A slightly related question from Abdu11. What would be, in your opinion, Nintendo's response to the PS5 and the next Xbox? It's going to be interesting because Nintendo, since the Wii U, has put themselves on this weird path where they're kind of like in between everybody else's console generations. Mm -hmm. I don't really think Nintendo's going to have a response to the PS5 or the Xbox because I don't think they care. I think Nintendo has realized that they do not compete with the two of them directly and they can do their own thing and find success. Yeah, I don't think they'll have something something new, um, a generational break by the end of 2020, which is when the next consoles are slated for release. I just can't see it. Yeah, way too Why would you? This the Switch is like doing great. Like they could run the Switch for another eight year or not eight years, but uh, I think it could have like a closer to a six to eight year life cycle than like a four to five one. Yeah, to some extent, but I think when you, I mean, usually the old generation has two years after the new ones come out. So I reckon by twenty twenty two, they realistically need to have the next console out in order to get games that are being released on other platforms on their platform. Right. And that's that's a realistic concern, but like, man, that's also such a big question of like, where's the market at at that point? Because I don't think that this Switch is like being sold by the odd third party game like Mortal Kombat or no, it's Doom not. It's been comes. sold by I think it's mainly been sold on Nintendo IP. But then after that, it's oh shit, look at all these cool indie games I can play, and a lot of people that are really into indie games play them on on the Switch specifically. But I I think maybe we'll see Nintendo go down like a Game Passy style route, which is what Xbox is really focusing in on and going digital only. I don't know, though, man. They're so averse to the internet. Well, you look at what they've done with the Switch Online NES games. If they continue to do that with the SNES and then maybe the N64 and then maybe some GameCube games, then maybe they bundle in some old Switch games, you know, in two years' time or whatever, they go, right, now you can play Breath of the Wild streaming. 
great. You probably already own it, but if you don't, then here's a great time to buy a Switch. You're making a lot of sense, man. To, to, to put a note, a period on that question, I don't think there will be one. No, I don't think they'll have a response, and they never really do do respond to consoles or really what their competition's doing. And to be honest, they're they kind of seem to be Microsoft's handheld department at the moment, anyway. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, <laughs> potentially the change will be increased integration with Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, you've, we've just got Cuphead, we've got um, Hellblade, another Microsoft game. And um, what's the... Hob? No, that cutesy forest game. Ori in the, the Blind the Forest is rumored Ori, to be coming, yeah. yeah. That's coming, to, right. So, yeah, I, I think, if anything, that'll be what we see. Yeah. Is a continuing of them to cl- them growing closer together because they're not really competitors and they can partner together and both succeed. Oh, yeah, big time. I can definitely see the Xbox cloud showing up on as a Nintendo app. Uh, so Abdu also asked uh, two other questions in his tweet. Uh, when do you think that we will hear more about Pokemon Sword and Shield? Uh, I, I am really on the fence about this one because I thought we would hear more about it before E3. The window for that is is closing. I don't think we will now. And so like you think E3, but Pokemon doesn't traditionally have a big presence at E3. It's a safe bet that if we don't hear from it by the time of E3, that we'll hear from it um shortly thereafter yeah because if it's if it's a fall game which right all signs point to it being a fall game unless it gets delayed which is possible but not likely nah, it's coming in 2019 there's no way they're missing that right so i think it's probably coming in a window of between september and november you know so that doesn't leave a ton of time after e3 it's like i would say we'll probably hear about it over the summer then yeah, I would guess it's uh, we're going to see more of it at E3. If not in the main presentation, maybe we'll see like a treehouse style thing. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see more of it at E3. I just don't know how much is the real question. Mm-hmm. And Astral Chain, I... I am not into this No, game. me neither. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, we'll get Max on to talk about it when it comes, when it comes out, because that's not my yeah. cup of tea. Sounds good. Uh, so then we also had another question uh, from Noble Gentleman. Shout out to Noble. He's uh, been, a, been a follower of mine for a while. And he said, if Nintendo was to make a Metroid movie, who do you think, or who would you all cast to play Samus? Mm. And Asobi followed up and he said, I mean, Brie Larson already wants to do it. Plus, she looks she looks the part. And then Noble followed up and said, uh, mm, I think it's Malin or Malin. Uh, Malin Ackerman could also work. I could see also maybe Jennifer Lawrence in reprising that Hunger Games style role. Yeah, I, I feel like her moment has kind of waned, though. She she kind of took a sabbatical from acting, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's interesting. I honestly, like, it feels like a recency bias thing, because, like, obviously Brie Larson is hot right now because she was in Captain Marvel, and, you know, like, she's, like, kind of ascending right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been a fan of hers since Scott Pilgrim, and I, I think she's a good actress. She has a lot of range. And I think she definitely, like, is good at kind of playing someone who's a little stone, stone-faced stone and kind of, like, ambiguous a little bit. So okay, yeah. my dream for a Metroid movie would be, like, no dialogue. I would love for it to be, like... Oh, like a like Drive. Like a, a female version of... Have you ever seen the movie Drive where he literally says, fuck all? Or, like, A Quiet Place where it's, like... I've not seen you know, that. No spoilers. Almost no dialogue. It's all 
atmosphere and just her exploring and doing all that stuff. I think that would be awesome. And I, I could see Brie Larson nailing that. I really could. I didn't think I'd seen her in anything, but I've seen that King Kong film. Oh, yeah. She was in that too. Yeah. I haven't seen anything else, really. But, you know, I'd like them to pick someone new. Someone who hasn't really done much. You know, like they did with Star Wars and the and the actress that plays Rey. Just get someone fresh that you've not seen. This could potentially yes. be their breakthrough movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, as much as I like the suggestion of Brie Larson, that's definitely more where I would go. Is like I think for a character as iconic as Samus, it's better to go with an unknown. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think, I think of like a show like Game of Thrones, you know, and like how you look at Amelia Clark now and like, you can't help but think Daenerys. And I think like somebody like that with that level, level of, level of like unknown to can like put their mark on the part is probably the way to go. That being said, Amelia Clark's out of work right now. She could do it. <laughs> she looks great with blonde hair. Uh, <laughs> So, moving right along, um, I believe, yeah, this is our last question to come in, and I'm really interested to see if you have an answer to this, Steve. Uh, this comes from Tenshi Shiawasi, um, Shiawasi maybe, at Purple10V3R on Twitter, uh, and she asks, I believe she anyway, asks, will there be more localized Otome games in the future? Uh, and then in parentheses, she said from automate or automate, automate could be any of You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I have no like, idea. Like I it. never heard of these have, games. Have a guess um, of what you think an automate game is. I'm going to guess that it's a, a visual novel dating sim. It is a story based video game targeted towards women. Okay. Specifically Japanese. Genre is established in Japan. It's mostly made up of visual novels and sim games, specifically dating sims and oh, life sim games. Oh, so this is like a genre. It's not like a no. This is a this is a genre of game in Japan called otome. Uh, okay, I was thinking it was like a franchise. No, no, it's a, it's a genre of game, and I would say yes. I would I would say absolutely there will be yeah. More oh games. yeah, we'll definitely get more of these for sure. You kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, although some games are banned from... Otome games released on console and handheld contain no pornographic content, as companies such as Sony and Nintendo do not allow it, so potentially that limits the range of games that could come to the Switch. I suppose. But... Well, I hope for your sake that we do get more. Um, I think we will. Also, write in or tweet us and let us know what games on... What Otome games... Otome... However you pronounce it, what games we should check out? Yeah, what are your what are your like um, your go tos? Yeah, like if there is there like a classic like go to one on Switch because if there's a really good one, Steve, we should do like a long form let's play where we just play through the Big whole time. thing. We like and then after let's that, like we've go. got to play Dream Daddy. Dude, I'll definitely do that. But the thing is, I don't know if Pixel will let us. Well, play Dream it's Daddy. Not a Nintendo game. It's it's a Nintendo game. Yeah. We'll if it comes to Switch. I love Dream Daddy, though. We'll just lie to him. We'll just tell him it's on Switch. What is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So, yeah, write in. Write in. Tweet tweet to us privately, because if you write into the email address, you'll probably get blocked <laughs> by the Great Wall of Pixel. But uh, tweet at loud underscore Pete or at Steve UK numbers. Yeah, some numbers. Yeah. You'll find him. Yeah. You'll find him. You'll find me. He's, he's in the tweet that you replied to, so you can find him. And uh, just let one of us know what game we should do for our Otome Let's Play series. Um, cause I'm, I'm definitely down for that. I'm, I'm always down for a good dating sim. 
so thanks again to everybody who wrote in. This was a blast. Uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. And um, yeah, so again, if you want to write in uh, to the show and see if you can get your jokes or questions by Pixel, uh, hit us up at podcast at lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lupots.com. Or if you want to circumvent that whole bullshit system, hit up me or Steve privately and we'll go rogue on his ass like we did this week. <laughs> There's always times when Pixel isn't around. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks again to all the potheads out there that wrote in for this episode. This was fun. It's good to be back. I promise we won't go away for a month without warning again, um, unless I move to another city. <laughs> if it's moving to another country and you come move here, that's fine. Well, or if you guys come move to the states. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe in maybe next year. Depends how you you depends how you will do in your elections. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> oh my God! That, see, that's what we should have got into on podcast after dark: politics, cartoons, and candy. Um, so you'll just we'll have to get it next time on podcast uh, podcast after dark episode three. <laughs> so remember to go show your support if you like this episode. Like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. You guys know how to internet. We'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast.